0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Darkness and Daisies. I'm Jerry. And I'm Erin. And we are two weeks into the spooky season, correct? Ooh. yeah. It's always a good thing. Um, also, of course, a shout-out to a friend of the show, Spore Glory. If you want some very spooky earrings or just some amazing hand-crafted earrings, her information is going to be in the show notes. That's Spore Glory. She always has some really great stuff. You know, Aaron. one of the things on this show that we seem to talk about like every, like, like every few episodes is like the Zodiac Killer. Would you agree about that?
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
0: I mean, we had, uh, of course, that news when uh, Cypher, uh, was it, is it a Cypher? No, Cypher is what used to decode a message. But that um, message that had never been solved was actually just recently solved.
1: Yeah, the cryptic messages he was sending.
0: Yeah. Um, Probably the only one who's actually also in the running is Billy Mulligan. Uh, More on him maybe probably next week. But there has been a very startling development in regards to the Zodiac case. What do you mean? Apparently, a group of uh, cold case investigators have said that they have, they know who it is.
1: But I thought we already solved this. I thought it was already done.
0: Well, of course, Robert uh, Graysmith, the guy who wrote the book that the movie was based off of, he had a very, uh, I guess, a very like plausible suspect in regards to it. But it was never proven. And in fact, if I remember correctly, there was a piece of evidence that was used that they actually determined that it wasn't him, that guy who Robert Graysmith thought. Because oh. they, like, tested a DNA thing, and it's like, no, it can't be It, it can't. just,
1: well, I mean, at least they have DNA to test, you know what I mean?
0: Right. But these, uh, so the group who did this is called the Casebreakers. Now, the Case breakers is, like, this organization of, like, retired military people, retired police people, like, code breakers and stuff, who literally just kind of crowdsource within their group cold cases. Like, they've gone, they've tried to figure out who D.B. Cooper was, They've tried to do all these unsolved cold cases, and so they try to figure it out by using, like, all of these, you know, different people and their specialities. And they say that they have identified who the Zodiac Killer is. Well, then who is it? Apparently, according to them, it is a man by the name of Gary Francis Poste. P-O-S-T-E. Or just Post, maybe? Maybe, if they silent. What eventually happened uh, according to them, is that they had uncovered new forensic evidence and photos from this guy's like uh, darkroom where he developed photos. One of the photos shows images apparently of his forehead, where there are scars on his forehead on this guy post uh, forehead, okay, which match a sketch of the Zodiac killer before like the hood where he put on that costume and killed people. Okay, they're like they match completely.
1: Okay, but it's also a sketch, but I'm guessing it had to be, like, very significant and noticeable for someone to report it. So, why were we not able to find this person
0: sooner? Well, because apparently there was no connection. Now, here's, now, okay, like you said, the scars on a sketch, maybe, maybe not, right? But check this out. They were able to decipher letters sent by the Zodiac that said that this guy was the killer the letters he wrote to the police officer.
1: I mean, that sounds awesome. And like, I think part of this is just skeptical from my side, but people have said they've like cracked it before Mm -hmm. yet. It didn't make sense or it just didn't pertain to the case. Like, you know, it just didn't fit together perfectly. Like, how do we know
0: this is right? Well, Jan, who is part of the code breaker, she's a former army counterfeit intelligence officer. Basically, if you use this guy's full name and take out those letters from one of the... Like, the letters that spell out his name and take it from one of the messages... Okay. It spells out an entirely new message. That's crazy. And and here's the craziest part, okay? I can tell you... I mean, I don't know a ton about, like, code breaking, but I am kind of fascinated by it. I look at a lot of stuff. the The chance of just randomly you using somebody's uh, name or a different cipher than the one intended, and it comes up with one word, Mm -hmm. is insane. It's it's almost, like, impossible. So to have an entire message that was put out, that's crazy. And, And apparently, in this message, it basically states that it's me, and this is my name.
1: That's crazy. Like, what's the point, though?
0: Well everybody i think everybody had always kind of believed that the zodiac had hidden who he was in his letters to the police okay like a like almost a compulsion to confess who it was because of all the serial killers zodiac was the one who like seemed to crave media attention okay he wanted it remember he there was the talk of maybe calling into a show live you know mm-hmm. or sending these letters even to people who were not Even the police. I mean, he taunted them. It was like this compulsion to prove that, hey, I'm the one doing this.
1: Well, yeah, but like a lot of killers in general, because I don't know that it's necessarily serial killers, but certain people, I guess, have that attention-seeking factor, Mm -hmm. and he's one of them. So, yeah, but not everybody does that.
0: Right. Well, there used to be a belief that serial killers wanted to be caught, caught, Mm -hmm. but that was kind of eventually disproven when they started looking into their psychology. Right. And here's the next craziest part of the story, is that Post might have been involved in another murder prior to the Zodiac killings. Hmm. So, they believe... That post killed a woman by the name of Sherry Jo Bates on October 31st, 1966, in Riverside, California, south of San Francisco, two years before the Zodiac killings start. Okay. Um, Basically, uh, Bates, the victim, she was 18. She was found dead in an alleyway on a college campus after her father reported her missing, basically. Now, what links Post to this crime? Well, apparently a watch was found at the scene, not belonging to her, that was paint-spattered on the watch. Hmm. Which they said probably belonged to the killer. Right. Guess what Post did for about four years during this time?
1: He was a painter?
0: Yep, he painted houses.
1: Well, that would have given him easy access to, you know, the victim.
0: Exactly. The other part. Was that a year after the killing, police get a note bragging about it. Sound familiar? Well, and they think it's him. Yeah, because... Now, I would love to know if the Code Breakers looked at that note and compared it to the writing style of the Zodiac killer's letters.
1: Okay. Because I think
0: that could be a real big piece of evidence. Well, yeah, of course. So... Here's the craziest part. Is that the police and FBI don't seem to want to look at this new evidence from these guys, the code breakers. Which I find kind of frustrating, and it's something that we've kind of seen before with some of these other cases. Is that it's almost like the police... Now, I'm not saying they're covering something up because there's been nothing ever in the Zodiac case to suggest that. But it's always like, almost like the police are like... How dare you come in here when you're not a police officer and you solve this case?
1: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, nobody wants to be, you know, one-upped or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they should still be, like, thanking them.
0: Yeah. But apparently uh, they haven't. They're saying they're looking into this new information. But to me, the biggest thing is this. Even if Post is not the Zodiac Killer... He's probably pretty strong for this uh, killing of this uh, Bates woman.
1: Well, I mean, do we have DNA that tied him to anything?
0: Um, Well, they had... um, I believe they tested the watch, and I think... um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look right now. I'm trying to feel... Phone are missing. I don't know. I think it's more circumstantial, because I'm going to probably guess that at that time... They didn't probably store the watch, so the DNA would be very difficult to, you know, if it's not contained with her, you know, contained in the thing, it would probably have degraded by now. Mm, true. It, it would be crazy because if Post is the Zodiac Killer, and let's just go completely the other way, that would mean that the Zodiac Killer had now killed six victims. If, if it truly is this person, and true. then Bates would be considered part of the Zodiac's victim list. Right. Now, what does Post himself say about all this?
1: A whole lot of nothing because he's dead,
0: right? Yes. He, he passed away in 2018. Okay. But it, it's very fascinating, and I think it also shows just how much weight the Zodiac case still, like, gravitates towards people. That they want to solve this mystery.
1: Well, of course. I mean, hopefully they just have, though.
0: I mean, hopefully we'll see if people take a look because if nothing else, just take a look and say, well, no, it can't be him because X, Y, Z, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, don't just say, yeah, thanks. You know, you're not police officers. We're not going to look at this. You know, it will be something that we might have to follow up on because, again, the Zodiac case, I mean, if it's solved, that would be probably the the greatest unsolved serial killer case in America. I'm not gonna say the world because London has us beat with Jack the Ripper. So Wow. So I mean that's the greatest unsolved murder case of all time. So
1: You know, if that was him though I mean it's I don't know. It just sucks that if it's him then he didn't pay for what he did.
0: Yeah. Well, but I mean we don't know because uh, the article, unfortunately, doesn't say a lot about, like, what did Pose do with the rest of his life. So who knows what happened to him. Maybe he was tormented. It's something, Maybe. I mean, it's something we've said that even if these people who don't get caught at the time, at least m- you hope that they have some amount of decency left in them that they felt bad and they were actually kind of tortured about it, what they had done. True. I, I would though I would uh, want to say that I think Post probably would have was put in a jail for some other reason, because the Zodiac killer to me was a guy who was never gonna stop, and just him just disappearing like that, right? It's very strange.
1: But he he did stop.
0: <laughs> but he did. But right. If, but if he was in prison for something else,
1: true. He was know. temporarily stopped.
0: Right. Well, from Zodiac killer to the Undertaker. And okay and we mean the actual uh wrestling superstar Mark calloway himself the undertaker a new what do you call it? would you even call it a movie no what would you call it an interactive adventure me. almost choose your yeah, own adventure
1: it's like an interactive I don't know television show sort of not really it's not really a show but it's like an interactive movie
0: yeah um of course, with The New Day, uh, Big E, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed, and Kofi Kingston. Uh, Escape the Undertaker. Is the... Okay, let's start with this. This is on Netflix. Is this... Sh- is this... Whatever it is, adventure, interactive fiction. Is it scary? Not really. It, it, but it's not really supposed to be.
1: But it's also not, like, horribly done either, where it's cheeky and feels embarrassing.
0: Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with The Undertaker and The New Day. The New Day are just, they are they are the perfect people to be put into this. Because I actually couldn't think, as we were watching this, what other like WWE superstar would I put in their place. And I was like, no, it has to be them. Because mm-hmm. they handle it. They have the right amount of funny, but also kind right. of scared. And, of course, The Undertaker who has retired he's still just such an intimidating figure even retired and everything else I mean he's got his voice and you know flipping his eyes back in the back of his head Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a fun time it also is something that I love about professional wrestling is when I was a kid I always believed that like oh these were the real people this is how they really acted in real life you know yeah and so, to ha- and so even now as I'm older, I always like when it's, like, there's this, like, alternate dimension where everybody is their characters and they're just walking around having normal lives outside of their, like, the wrestling ring. Weird, right? I know, but it's just fun. The house they picked for the Undertaker's house, the basic plot of the movie is basically the New Day want the Undertaker's urn and... To the power Undertaker- up their... positivity the power of positivity but the undertaker is like almost like a saw figure in this you know he's kind of he's like got traps and there's supernatural stuff there's there's quite a few easter eggs for wrestling fans that as they go through The, the first thing which we thought was the undertaker's house now this looks like a very like almost like a mansion house But it's kind of like what you would expect the character of The Undertaker to live at. It's probably not his real house. But it's just like, if you thought of the character of The Undertaker, like, oh, where does he live? He lives in this house, which is full of, like, secret doors, a mortuary in the basement. (laughs) Um, It's just, it's a lot of fun.
1: A lot of spiral staircases, too. Which I thought was interesting. It was like a spiral, and then within a spiral?
0: Yeah. The whole adventure takes about... 30 minutes and but you do want to you do want to play it again because the whole choices are statue. like the first big choice is that the new day enter the house and they decide to split up and they go three different places and you have to choose which one you're going to follow and so even if you follow one person it's kind of like you get that part of the story but now you want to you know follow the other two to see what happened with them right I would say probably for kids, it might be a little scary if you have younger kids. There might be some things that are a little frightening for them. Yeah, maybe. But it as it's just it was just a lot of fun. If you're a wrestling fan and a WWE fan, I would totally check this thing out. Just because it's almost like Abbott and Costello meet like Frankenstein, because the new Day are <laughs> you know are very funny and. You know, there's like a real ticking clock and you got to solve this. And, and if you know game logic, like video game logic, you'll you'll figure out what you have to do really, really easily. But it, it's just fun. Uh, I'm very sad that if this were to become a running thing with uh, WWE where they do these interactive movies, I'm very sad that Bray Wyatt has been released because yeah. a Firefly Funhouse version of this would be amazing. Would be am- amazing and it probably would be terrifying because you know I mean there's so much you could do with that right but I but I'd also like to just see them continue I mean not just with the undertaker but just do somebody else you know and doing like an adventure doesn't maybe like an action film or something but it, it's good. Check it out on Netflix. It's called Escape the Undertaker. Perfect thing for Halloween if you just want to have some fun. And again, Yeah, and
1: it's maybe like 30 minutes or less for one
0: run-through. Yeah, and then, of course, you want to go back and see what happens. I mean, it's just like... Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I mentioned this in the beginning when there were, like, all these different cameras and different camera views. I was like, why does this remind me of Night Trap, the video game?
1: It does. I mean... It, it's kind of weird because I want to go back and see the other pieces because I haven't done that yet. But we did discuss doing like a flow chart, like writing it mm-hmm. out as we go, just like basically put out each ending so we could see it.
0: <laughs> I know. And of course, it's one of those things like uh, with any of those interactive You sometimes you want to make the wrong choice just because you exactly. want to see what happens. So, but yeah, check it out. Uh, it It's really nice to see that. You know even a year on uh the undertaker mark calloway can just immediately just flip that switch and just tease the undertaker again and it's just amazing okay so our next segment is going to be about james bond no time to die this is going to be a spoiler section so your spoiler warning goes out right now spoiler 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 for the next james bond if you don't uh, want to hear this uh, just uh, you can stop here after you see it come back or if, if you want to uh, be
1: spoiled then
0: listen <laughs> if you want to be spoiled or if you um, as I said just uh, you can come back next week when we talk about some other stuff also just in case our twitter handle is darknessanddaisies at twitter.com and our email is darknessanddaisies at gmail.com uh, pay your respects there All right, so last warning, spoiler warning for No Time to Die, James Bond. Yep. Okay. Where do you even start? Well, we're going to start with the main thing. Before we even walked into this theater, me and Erin were talking. Our first question was, I turned to her and I said, Erin, do you think that James Bond is going to die? And your response was,
1: well, that's a hard question because, like, I can't think of one where he has died.
0: He, he's never died.
1: Exactly. And, um, but my response was yes.
0: Yeah, and I kind of thought that too. And for me, it was more of the marketing because they kept showing things from Casino Royale, from all the movies. And this really felt like, I mean, we knew it was Daniel Craig's last James Bond film, regardless of the character. Which hurts my heart. But I just had this feeling, it was like, they're going to kill him. And... Well, I mean, I wouldn't
1: say kill him.
0: Well, self-sacrifice. He was well, going to die. Something was going to happen, basically. And lo and behold, he did. Ugh. My heart. There is... There's a lot to like about this movie. I'm going to start off with the first thing, which was... Um, what is her name? Vaughn's girlfriend. <laughs> um. Mar- Mara? starts with an M.
1: I wanted to say Madeline, but I think that might be the no. little
0: one. No, that's Madeline. No, that that is who it is. Madeline, who, when she showed up in Spectre, uh, the last James Bond film, I was kind of like, she's a great actress, the actress who plays her, but I was like, I really, I'm not getting a lot from her. Right. But in this one, they were like, oh, we have this amazing actress. Let's really give her some uh, meat to, you know, uh, something to really chew on. So, one of th- that is the first thing, is I came out of this movie really liking Madeline a ton more than I did in Spectre. I mean, she was fantastic in this movie. Like, really, like, not the traditional damsel in distress. But no, not like, at all. But literally doing everything for her kid. And that kid looked exactly like, uh, like it could have been Daniel Craig's actual kid.
1: Yeah, that's insane. Like, super cute, though
0: but kind of shocking I guess that the fact that there's a kid involved well and I think that was kind of there were two things about this James Bond film it really paid homage to the past films but also by taking like some like wa- broad strokes or wild swings at and like let's do something completely different yeah
1: yeah I think so
0: it so she is fantastic um the worst thing was with um, with Felix, uh, the CIA agent played by uh, Jeffrey. Oh God, what is his last name? Jeffrey Wright. I, okay, I love Jeffrey Wright as Felix. He's been here since Casino Royale. But I swear to God, every time he started talking, all I could hear was the Watcher.
1: So, but it was just <laughs>
0: like i just like I was in my head. I was like say say what if? Just say it in a sentence. <laughs> but it, it was crazy. Um, died to you know which I Felix has actually been in all a lot of the James Bond films like even like older ones and stuff he is like one of uh, like in the books original characters and honestly the second they killed him I kind of got this feeling like okay everybody's up for grabs now anybody can die right because killing Felix I mean even in uh, License to Kill probably the darkest James Bond film ever with uh, Timothy Dalton. Felix gets married and that night his wife they get attacked by like the main bad guy his wife gets killed gets devoured by a shark. Oh, wow lowered into and Felix gets hurt but you were never gonna kill Felix because you can't kill him right One of the biggest surprises and it kind of sucked because I sh- she was so good. That I was like, why aren't you in this movie more? Was um, the actress. Oh, geez. Uh, she, yeah, Anna Day was... Amaris as, uh, oh God, what was her name? Started with a P. Um... Uh, Paul. Oh, Paloma. Paloma. Oh, my, this Cuban secret agent who is nervous. <laughs> she.
1: She's so cute. She's like, three weeks of training. I've been training for this.
0: And I was like... Did way better than just three weeks of training. Well, she did... When she said that, I was like, oh, you're going to die.
1: That's what I thought, too. And And then, like, it was amazing. And then she's
0: just, like, totally badass and, like... She can hold her alcohol, too. (laughs) The craziest part of that was she was so good. I was like, okay, this woman is a plant and she's, like, going to turn on him. But, no, she was just like, no, just if you ever come back,
1: you should stay longer. And it's just like... I honestly could have seen them, like, working together more, or, like, if he didn't have a love interest already, like, she would have been a great
0: person. Oh, a definite Bond girl. You Total. Know. Yeah. But, completely. Oh, but I was just like... You're only and that dress, of- though, took me back to, dress.
1: like, Parasite Eve.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, like... Even um, Resident Evil.
1: Yeah, Resident
0: Evil, too. And it, I mean, that was awesome. Oh, I mean, she was just so good. And it's just like, you're only here for like 15 minutes. <laughs> if that. But now I will say that there is a weak link in this film. And it, it pains me to say this, but it was um, Rami Malek. Yeah. The, as the villain, uh, Stefan I think that was his name. Sapon? S A F I N. Don't
1: get me started. There's like French going on up in here, and I suck at French. I don't know.
0: I mean, when I heard that he was going to be the next James Bond villain in this movie, I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing. You know, he's just coming off, I, you but know, he is amazing.
1: Friend. Like, like you know, the whole point is he is amazing he, as an actor, and I still think he did a great job.
0: He did a great job, but here was the thing: I got to a point with him in this movie where I'm like, you. ...are, like, generic, and that's the worst thing for a Bond villain to be. I mean, it was like, you don't have any strange things going on, like... Right. And it got to a point where it's just like...
1: He was, like, a really zen villain, where he almost took, like, that quiet, psycho approach. But I think that's what was intended for him. Well,
0: and the other thing was, was that his motive for the whole thing was not very well-defined... Because at first it seems like, okay, he's going after Spectre, and that's what his whole deal is, because, you know, they killed his family. And then it's like, okay, I've killed them, and now I'm going to just... Kill everyone? Kill everyone. And there was never a reason for that. It was just, it was really undefined, which I think a Bond villain has to be really defined.
1: Well, I mean, most times they are. And I feel like maybe we missed something, but... I found that there was some confusion with, I guess, his whole process. Like, you know, I don't want to say take over the world, but if you're messing with chemicals, like, why are you doing it? Is it because you were affected? How does it work? Yeah, you know, it, like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of question around why are we doing this to on a global scale?
0: Well, and I even thought that, I mean, if I, if I was going to put it, all I needed was, like, a line that said, like, You know, my family was wiped out for absolutely no reason. So now I'm going to show, you know, the world that anybody can die for any reason. Then I would have been like, okay. It
1: was almost like he was wanting to Thanos everybody, but with chemicals. It was just kind
0: of weird, and it's just like, I don't know. It and it really sucks. But here are some of the great parts, and now this is more to the homages to other James Bond films, is that Daniel Craig finally got. To go to a Bond villain base and, like, wipe it out. Heck yeah. Like, just like in the old days. I mean, it was just amazing. I will say that probably one of the greatest action sequences, and there's quite a few in this, is that thing up the stairwell. Where it just seems to hold on him as he just keeps going up, that eliminating crazy. people.
1: But, I mean, he got, like, a good one-liner in there. Oh, yeah, which is another thing. Like, was kind of funny. Like, there was – there's a few things they threw in, but it was funny
0: or maybe just quick-witted that I really liked. Which, again, that's – I mean, James Bond did that from the beginning. Like, Sean Connery did it, and then Roger Moore kind of even took it a little bit further. And then Pierce Brosnan took it to the absolute extremes where it was like, okay, now we got to kind of dial it back now. Right. But it was nice to see that Daniel Craig got it. Um, His final words to Madeline – we, uh, you have all the time in the world is a callback to On Her Majesty's Secret Service when uh, James is holding his uh, just-killed uh, bride. Just-killed bride? Yes, James Bond got married in On Her Majesty's Secret Services. That movie is a mess for quite a few reasons. <laughs> I think it was a very good send-off for him. But, but I don't like it. I know, it, it, and I think that's the point. Is that
1: I know it's supposed to be all bittersweet and stuff, but just as he realized that he had everything he wanted, mm-hmm. he couldn't have it right, which is like the life of a spy a spy really, but he messed up because that's what he does. he can't trust anybody, so he made some mistakes, and then just as he realized that he was doing this for the people that he loved, he realized he also realized he couldn't have it. And it just it breaks your heart. Yeah. So it was almost like a an ultimatum.
0: I don't want to say it was like a deconstruction of James Bond. This film, no, because it wasn't. It was very James Bondish with you know great gadgets and stuff like that. But it was it was more of a basically. I will say this: Daniel Craig's James Bond series felt to me like the realist of all the James Bond like series. He's my favorite. But it was just more of a... It felt real. Like, this could happen. There wasn't anything insane like Moonraker. I'm sorry,
1: but if you're having, like, a fight on a speeding train and something breaks off and you just casually land and straighten your cuffs, yeah,
0: totally realistic. Well, but, I mean, compared to some of the other James Bond films, Moonraker immediately jumps to mind where it was like a Space Station (sighs) Star Wars thing. That's something. I mean, there was a James Bond film where the the bad guy was a voodoo priest who may or may not have <laughs> resurrected from the dead at the end. <laughs> so, But this one felt very real. And I think that was kind of how it needed to end. It needed to end yeah. real. Because guess what? Spies most of the time don't get that happy ending. True. They don't get it. Something that I thought um, was going to be a real big point of contention was... Uh, LaShawn Lynch, uh, the new 007.
1: Oh, boy. It was there for a minute. It was, because
0: you oh, see her. I was I was not happy. You see her. Now, it has nothing to do with the fact she's a woman. It's just, oh, no, not at it all. It had to do with the fact of that number. Yep. And it's Like, sh- how dare you take his spot? But it really kind of, she grew on me as the movie went on. She was, you see that. This woman who, like, exudes confidence and, like, I'm better than you and everything else. And then when he comes back into, uh, what, what what is the name of that? M6? MI6? MI6, yeah. And sees how deferential people are to him, she starts getting really insecure. Yeah,
1: which I, I don't mean, seem to care. I mean, she still have like, this huge um, competitive streak, but it wasn't until... She realized that he had people he loves in the middle of all this, Mm -hmm. that she kind of turned around and said, you know what, you've been here longer, you know what you're doing, the least I can do is help you.
0: And it was really great that at the end you're like rooting for both of them, and it shows the respect he had for her because he's the one who gives Madeline and the kid, and he's like, he gives them to her and says, you get them out of here, you keep them safe.
1: Right. And he knew that she was very capable
0: yeah, um, the the woman who didn't have a lot to do was uh, Money Penny. Um yeah. I but I think like from I'm not too upset about that because I think for Skyfall was her big like mm-hmm. where she was there and really in the field. And but everything. I feel
1: like they tucked her away too. Right. Like because... I mean, she's there and you're like, cool, it's her, and then she doesn't do a whole lot. Well, but, but maybe just in the grand scheme of things, in this situation, in this narrative. There's nothing she could do.
0: Well, remember, Moneypenny was always supposed to be M's secretary in the films. Right. Bond flirts with her a little bit. Right. You know, they have a little one-on-one, and then he goes in. And with Skyfall, I really thought that Moneypenny really became a lot of... Very important Mm -hmm. in the series. And also, of course, M, again, played by the wonderful uh, Ray Fiennes, who... He was a jerk, this movie. But I think that's cool, because... I kind of got the same feeling you where he was like, oh, you know, we're not going to talk about this and yeah, blah blah blah.
1: But it's, I think what it was is he was trying to shut people off and it came off that way. Yeah. But like, yeah, he, it, it's different than how we normally see him. Right. But you already know that whatever he's mad about is on him.
0: Well, and I think my my view of him changed completely when Bond is sitting in the office and sees him keeps like downing mm-hmm. alcohol drinks. He's like, you're really thirsty. And then you're like, oh my god. This guy realizes that this is his fault, Mm -hmm. and he is, like, depressed.
1: Yeah, he's, like, taking it out on himself.
0: Which is, I think, if the Daniel Craig era of James Bond films showed us anything, it was... Because in the old movies, M was just somebody to give Bond his mission. Right. Moneypenny, again, was just there for that little flirtation scene. And Q was just to give him the gadgets and then move on. And even Q did really good here, and... Something that I liked just because it's put in there not as a setup for a joke. No. Nope. Not as some big revelation. But you suddenly when Bond and Moneypenny come to his house, he's getting ready for a date and he just casually mentions it's like uh he's he'll be here in a thirty minutes and you're like, Oh, okay, Q's gay. Yeah, cool, like there on. was there <laughs> was no
1: nothing about it. Right.
0: I do like how affected Q was when he realized that James couldn't get off that island. Ugh, because heart, he was, it hurt I mean, so I mean, you bad. You saw him because Q, again, wasn't really that much of a character until these films and then with him you see right. this guy who's really like hurt about what's about to happen.
1: Well, that and um, just because he is the gadgets guy and he can patch people through and he's in constant communication, I'm sure that he heard everything. Yeah, And I mean... If you think about it, this is probably one of the last scenes that they filmed, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously to wrap everything up. This is the last time possibly this team is going to work together in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think overall between the ending and the fact that this team is done, I think it just really hit everybody. Yeah. You know, I think there's some
0: real emotion behind that. So where does this rank in the Daniel Craig James Bond films?
1: Don't do this to me.
0: For me, my favorite film is Skyfall. I think it is the best of the Daniel Craig Bond movie. The villain is very interesting. It's very action-packed. It really took Bond into different places. You found out more. There was something shocking in that movie. So I really like Skyfall. Now, you said uh, Casino Royale is your favorite.
1: That was my favorite. I don't know why, but, like, that was my favorite. I've watched it, like, a million times. But I really like Skyfall, too. But it's kind of like we discussed before, like... Is it a great movie? Yes. But there's only so much I can remember. And that was usually like the big plot points. And then this
0: one was great, too. Right. And uh, somebody actually, uh, Greg from uh, The Real Rejects, uh, YouTube reaction station, said it best after his review. He said, Skyfall was a movie you came out and you felt great. You were like jazzed. Yeah. You were ready to go. This movie, it's not like that. But I'll remember this movie more. Exactly. I'll remember certain scenes I mean, this is one of those James Bond films where I could literally tell you what happens, pretty Mm -hmm. much all the big beats.
1: I think a lot of it has to do too is like maybe because we know going into this that this is the last Mm -hmm. movie, um, maybe we're more prepared for that. Or maybe because we've had we've had all these movies, we were just kind of more in the mindset of, you know, things have to end, you know, like we just kind of grew with that and accepted it before it could surprise us Mm -hmm. because i didn't see this movie at all as a i didn't see that coming
0: right so of course the question now of course is going to be because james bond is going to continue
1: Ugh! don't don't do this is
0: that we were you know people are talking about well who's it going to be is it going to be henry cavell is it tom hardy is it man either one of those would be good um, I would have thought back I think I think he's just gotten a little too older now, but I think Iris Elba would have been a great one. a James Bond. I don't see why he couldn't, but here's the thing which we talked about. Does this now have to be a hard reset on james Bond?
1: I think so i I personally think so because now we're moving into a new generation that will you, you know, know be bond with again. this
0: new bond, you know. Well, and I think it had to be, because my own headcanon in regard to the James Bond films, I never thought that, like, the same James Bond is being played by Sean Connery, uh, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, and now Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan. Sorry, Pierce didn't mean to. I loved your movies. (laughs) I was just like, to me, 007 and James Bond is like a code name.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Because I would think to myself, I was like, why would a spy really tell somebody their real name you know it would just have to be a code name right but this one actually felt like this is a guy named James Bond right and because 007. you you
1: had some humanity in there in between when he was like I'm trying to retire or I'm trying to live my life on top of this work
0: right and so to me this unlike any of the other James Bond films this literally felt like it had a beginning middle and end Ex- the series
1: exactly we yeah. saw
0: him in the beginning when he started and then we see him now at the end
1: and they do i think in the movie which i noticed a lot they do this thing where they put james up against these brand new mi6 people the the greenhorns you know like mm-hmm. they're new and excitable and have really don't know what they're doing yet they don't have all that experience and it's frustrating right and i think there's a little bit of realization there you're like you know what um, I can't. I don't wanna deal with this because I know that he's out and they're in. Right. But let's not forget he's Commander Bond.
0: Yeah. Okay. Not because... not double seven. It's Commander. So yeah, I think a hard reset needs to be due. I think we need now, it, it's interesting because and I will say this even when Casino Royale came out, seeing Judy Dench's M when she had already been M for uh Pierce Brosnan was a little weird at first. Because it was like you're you, yeah. You've been here all this thing. So, could M. Ray Fiennes still continue? Probably. He could do fine. I think I so. I do not think Money Penny would have to be the same actress. It would have to be somebody else because they have this big connection with with Daniel Craig's James Bond. Exactly. Q?
1: Maybe. Maybe,
0: maybe not. Because Q was the same guy from the very beginning until he unfortunately passed away. But I mean, I think.
1: Um, let's see. I think Q would be fine. And the only reason that is is because I don't feel like overall he's as I don't know, visible to the whole story. And I know that sounds bad because like really, like, yay, it's Q. But here's the difference. You think of Q and you're like, Okay, that could be anybody, like, at least for my generation. And then you look at, let's say, uh, sweets from Bones. Yeah. You cannot have bones without sweets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like maybe his face and name for the 007 movies aren't as cemented as the old ones.
0: Yeah. Um, Madeline would definitely, w- we'd have to leave her out. Because yeah, any
1: of the front and center people would probably have to go.
0: Well, I think, though, Nate, uh... I think her name was... Was it the 007 who took over? Was it Nomi or Naomi?
1: I have no idea. I don't but know that we ever got a name for her because I, I feel like maybe she used, like, a fake name or something at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Now, can we get a spinoff with her? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Because definitely. at the end of that movie, I was like, I want to see more of her. I want to see what I else she can do.
1: I would kind of relate this to, like, sure, I, I want to see more with her, but this is almost like watching... Um, almost like the end of the avengers mm-hmm. where you have this subtle shift you're still watching the same people and those characters are slightly in you know in with the old team
0: mm-hmm.
1: we don't have to mention those people but we're following this new person even though they're in the same universe if you will or timeline and so i don't think it would be too bad because you could still retain money penny q um the new 007 and M. You could still retain all of them, but it wouldn't be so direct on
0: James. Well, maybe they could take a page out of Marvel's playbook and maybe just do like a limited series with her as the main character.
1: Right. That, I'm then, sure that would work. Um, I mean, it would be interesting. I, I know they're not going to do it because they kind of had a send off at the end of this movie, but it would be interesting to see what life is like post James. Yeah, you know, to say, okay, well, she went from being this cocky, competitive, double O seven that just drives me nuts, to maybe she's more somber. Maybe there's something she didn't understand that you now see.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting. Very quickly, who who would we want as the new James Bond? I I think, honestly, Henry Cavell would be fantastic. I think he would be. He's he's really got the poise and stuff that I think he could be a very, like, a kind of a... Between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, what about, I mean, is there anybody immediately springs to mind?
1: No, I think I think Henry would be perfect for it. Right. Um, I mean, he's already shown us he can do a lot of different things. Yeah. And... It's just a matter of giving him a chance, I think.
0: Well, let's see if his, like, his dance card is frees up a little bit. I mean, he does have The Witcher still going on now.
1: <laughs> I'm not complaining about that.
0: Right. Um... Yeah, so uh would we recommend seeing this? Yes. Um
1: I feel like if you're going to see it, don't walk into it blind or else you're going to be confused.
0: Right. Oh yeah, I would not because this directly into... connects to the other movies. Yeah, it it's basically again like you said like walking into Avengers Endgame never having seen everything else part leading up to it. Yeah. It just wouldn't make a lot of sense. I
1: mean, there's a lot of information going on, but there's a lot of callbacks to this where you're like oh, yeah, like that yeah. guy did this, this, and this, and then it caused this, this, and this, you know?
0: Yeah. So. But yeah, good movie. Um, And Daniel Craig, you, you did fantastic. Uh-huh, my heart. My heart. Well, I think we can put this body in the ground. What do you think?
1: Well, we didn't really have a wholesome moment this week, but that's okay.
0: Actually, I've got a wholesome moment for you, and okay. I'll uh. What you look got? up Daniel Craig's last speech on the last day of shooting of this movie. It's Uh-oh. where he's addressing the crew. It's a very nice moment where he's just very heartfelt, being really true, and, and the man gets choked up. It's actually a really nice video. I
1: mean, I haven't seen that, but, like, I think people assume that, I guess, actors or well-known names kind of come off as crass and rude and, you know, because everybody's watching them all the time, but it's, it's actually really nice to know that they care about who they're working with, too.
0: Yeah, because... Honestly the production people and stuff, these were the people who were there for him from the beginning from Casino Royale. (laughs) Yeah. So really good. So Okay,
1: so now we can put some daisies on it.
0: So thank you so much for listening. My name is Jerry. And I'm Aaron. And come back next week and we'll see what else we can dig up.